This serving is brought to you in part by TaxBot. TaxBot, your one resource to make sure you write it off. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John DeBevoise. When we talk about Paris, what comes to mind? Well, today it's Paris Pendleton. She's an entrepreneur and an artist, and she's going to help us talk about turning your passion into profit, finding the right starter business for you, and the four factors of creating your star. That's right, we're gonna be talking about that as well as the mindset for success and how to fund your dreams. Where else are you going to be able to take a trip with Paris than right here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Paris, welcome to this serving of Business Soup. Thanks, John, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Everyone talks about Paris in the spring, but we've got one better. We have Paris in the winter. Paris, you are the host, the founder, and entrepreneur of the Divas Hustle Show. Before you became this entrepreneur and, and started to share your message through radio and podcasting, what was it that you did to bring you to that point of being an entrepreneur and everything that got you to this point and coming on this show? So before I was working a nine to five job and like anyone else, we work nine to five, but we end up working over what <laughs> a week, right? <laughs> and but then you're like, listen, I'm still struggling financially, still trying to make ends meet. So just one day, you know, I was talking to some friends and I'm like, you know, I'm going to learn how to start my own business and just, you know, doing my due diligence and research and finding out how to incorporate a business and taxes and how to generate sales and just realizing the money that businesses spend for marketing. I said, you know what? I want to do it on the other side. I want to be able to give entrepreneurs a platform where they could come talk about their businesses, their uh, endeavors that they're embarking upon in their life and just give them that same, same platform, but on a broader scale. Before you started the Divas Hustle show and sharing this message, what were some of the entrepreneurial transactions, things that you did where I always talk about you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to be able to put a spoke in it, make it turn smoother, faster, quicker. What were some of the spokes that you came up with before you got to the Hustle show? So I had started a fashion accessory uh, business. I started a clothing line. Also, some case management, started a case management company. Um, and so just those little spectrums and then starting the podcast, um, a Care to Talk podcast we had started with a friend of mine. And just some of those were some of the businesses or businesses that I started um, prior to the Diva Hustle show. But this is where I my heart is at when it comes to music. Music is a soul. It, it, it reach our souls. And I think that a best way to get people attention is through music. And so why not add the whole podcast part, the platform for marketing to it? Well, and in your podcast, you bring in the cultural boundaries that include hip hop, rap and R&B. And I know from my own experience, I know everybody has this. When they hear a particular song, it will bring them back to perhaps a particular moment in their life. Usually something that was positive I hear Elton John at particular times, and it will bring me right back to a particular place that I was at when I first heard him come out. How do you incorporate the hip-hop, rap, and R&B into your program? Is it to get people to go, oh, I remember when that came out, I was over here doing this or that? 
Well, when it comes to the hip hop and R&B, one, you know, music is a universal language. Everyone understands it and be, is able to relate to music. Um, when it comes to hip hop and R&B, just being able to bridge the gap and understanding like this is how some people communicate and giving them that platform. So when you have the when you have people airing there, listen to music, then you're able to incorporate talk with it and then also follow up with music. So really people like, oh, that's entertaining. And then I can move and then I have some talking and then I can move. So that was the whole goal of uh, coming up with the Diva Hustle show. When you talk about the empowerment of the music and such, the message of, say, hip-hop, what is the message in hip-hop that might be different from rap or R&B? The message in hip-hop is that you don't have to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth to make it. You have some people that how they, again, how they communicate is through poetry and through rap. And so where they might be struggling in life financially, but they're able to portray such poetry and fluency of their language. They're able to create this image or this new picture that we're, while we're listening to it, like I can relate to that or I know about that or yeah, you know, I, I, I can see going to Paris. I can see going to London. And so it's able to remove you from whatever current situation that you're going through and and just have you basically you're just like floating somewhere listening to a picture in yourself in those circumstances you are known for undertaking some controversial topics yes. along with your popular culture and news and things what are some of the controversies that you get yourself into and and what's the response to your bringing this to the surface some of the controversy just comes from, you know, one being an entrepreneur, one being a minority and being a double minority. So not only am I African-American, I'm also a woman. And also just being able to advocate on how certain policies and procedures does affect a woman of color and being an entrepreneur. So, you know, you're standing up for Black Lives Matter. Yes, because in the morning and when I go to bed, I am black. Right. And also advocating that, you know, there needs to be more women in at the table. There need to be women entrepreneurs. There need to be funding for small businesses. So just being able to bring controversy and, and bringing light to those issues is always a topic of discussion. Talking about the discussion of minorities and funding and getting money out there, where do you see the biggest breakdown in resources for the minority community within the financial world? And do you have a solution for it? The biggest breakdown, I would say, would be financing. Funding for small businesses, even now as we're dealing with the pandemic, is finances is the number one key for small businesses. And, and I mean, the solution is, I really can't say what the solution is. I can make a suggestion and my suggestion is that when someone, an entrepreneur or a small business owner is applying for finances, you have to evaluate it based on individual cases. It can't be a broad rule or a spectrum of rules across the board. It has to be based on case because, again, some people didn't have the financial education when they was growing up. So therefore, they have gotten themselves into financial jams or loans or bad credit situations. That's why I feel like it needs to be based on individual person. That is a problem for anybody as to what is your business expertise? What do you have? You just to you you go out and say, I'm going to start a business. You got to have a plan. And so business soup, we offer those resources off of our website is to if you're going to get financing, you have to have a plan. You just can't walk into the bank or the SBA and say, here I am. 
whether you're white, black, brown, or whatever, you have to have a plan. What do you find is an objection or a problem that in the minority world into creating that plan that will give a lender the comfort, fulfill the obligation that they have to lend that money to anyone? People that starting out small businesses owner do not know how to develop a business plan. So that's rule number one. And so even if banks were offered, let's say, a six-week class, like, okay, you want to apply for lending for from, from our bank, and if you don't have a business plan on how you would generate money and your projection for the next five years, there are courses that you can take here and basically like a streamline. You can't just shut the door because some entrepreneurs didn't even graduate from high school. So again, yeah. but... That don't stop them from being an entrepreneur, but being able to meet a person where they need at and get them to the next level, I think that's key instead of just shutting the door. I think that's a great plan to get banks involved, just like they do in the franchise industry, that before you can get involved with a franchise, you have to go through the franchise school. You have to learn how to run the business. And for you or anyone else just to walk through the door and say, here's my paper napkin, here's my idea, give me money, is not going to happen. you got to have a plan, and you got to write that plan so that it's geared towards that organization or person who's going to take the risk to lend you the money. And again, it's a loan. They're looking for a return on their investment. And startup businesses are the highest risk. Risk creates higher interest rates or bigger obligations on the entrepreneur. So often when we entrepreneurs go out and we finance things, we go through friends, family, and sometimes fools to say, hey, invest (laughs) in my idea. And, you know, I got to the point where I wasn't invited to Thanksgiving anymore. (laughs) And that's a problem. And because most of us fail. What do you find in your world in working? Because you specialize in the minority communities. Where do you find, other than the the planning, where do you find is their biggest lack of skill or where they fail the most, uh, which can be part of the fear factor? Other than lack of money, where are some of the areas where you find minority businesses or minority health businesses fail on the most part? I think that uh, the biggest part is that we they have the idea that they have to do everything right. Because, again, you have a, a minority business that's starting out and again, resources are limited. So they're, they're wearing several hats. Right. But then you have to understand what as a minority business owner is OK to reach out and get training because you have to be able to preserve yourself Two, And it's OK to ask for help. You know what I mean? And outsource a lot. A lot of minority owned businesses, they run into these problems because they do not know how to outsource. Mm. Man, while we're dealing with the pandemic, myself, I even reached out and have a virtual assistant because the calls started coming in so much. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm able to say, you know what? I need help. I can't take this. I can't manage this anymore. Let me see what resources is out there. And it's okay. It's not a bad thing. It's okay. Well, I have this phrase that I use all the time, and I didn't come up with it. I I heard it many times, and that is play off your strengths and hire your weaknesses. True. And as to the virtual assistants, boy, has that been a blessing to have somebody that is not in the office. You don't have to worry about all the other expenses that go with having an assistant. And it's a wonderful resource, and I highly recommend it as you have done. What do you find are the 
is the passion to creating a profitable income. That's one of your areas of expertise. I pick up the phone and I say, Paris, I need your help. I have this great idea, but how do I turn it into money? What are you going to tell me? The number one key is find out how you're going to sell. Find out your niche. Have your niche ready. Find out how you're going to appeal to customers and do your research in the field. Find out what your competition is. And again, like you and I were saying, you don't have to, you know, have this extra over the wall idea. It's okay with creating a will sometimes, but just put your spin on it. You understand? And yeah. again, part and, and the other part is just know when you need to source and get other sources involved. Like if you're good at sales, like you were just saying, that's your part. Then you hire someone else to do marketing or you hire someone else for computers, like, you know, the internet, IT, things like that. Just like you're saying, work on your strength and just delegate your weaknesses and you'll be okay. One of the things that you talk about is finding the right business and you have the four factors, what you call creating a star. When I want to get into business, I want to be an entrepreneur and I have some skills or I have a lot of, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not an expert in anything. What are some of the, what you could call the four factors of creating that star? Well, like I said, the four factors, one, you, you have to come find out how you're, you're going to generate money. You understand? That's the key. Where's your money going to come from? Again, don't be afraid to turn your passion into a, you can turn, it could be a hobby, something that you're really good at that you can want to see yourself doing in the future. When it becomes too daunting, then you know that that's not the the, the business that you really want to be in. Do something that you enjoy doing for fun I, I, or a hobby, again, that you're good at. It could be something that you're doing right there in your house. And, and I've right. talked about this for decades on my business of horses and cattle and such. It's been my business and it's my home-based business. And as I talk to my audience all the time about learning how to use the tax code right. and you don't have to know the tax code, just know how to use it and having a business as you are talking about and what you've done as an entrepreneur and everybody should, you can convert those ordinary expenses to deductions. So, and like you said, it's finding that thing that you do well, and it could be a hobby that you turn from a passion into a profitable income. So you're talking about first find out who your audience is, who's going to buy your widget, your stuff, and what right. stuff is it? You can sit up there and say that you want to, uh, uh, let's say, come up and create doggy bottles. But how are you going to sell the doggy bottles? Where are you going to how are people going to find your doggy bottles? You know what I'm saying? So that that's key. How are your marketing? You have to you have to think a lot of us. We get into this like, well, you know, I'll just put it out there on the website or on the Internet and people will buy it. No, like <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> No, that's that's where I hired the per, a uh, virtual assistant is that I do not understand the social media marketing, the algorithms that it, that you have to dance around with Facebook and all the other social medias. I hired somebody to do that for me. And what a difference hiring people who know what they're doing. Yes. So let's let's get back to the money aspect. Show me the money talking about how when I start this. When you talk about funding your dreams and somebody picks up the phone and says, Paris, I'm, this is my dream. This is my passion. And I'm, I'm writing a plan that I got the resources through Business Soup Talk Radio. I'll throw that one in there. What, what kind of funding should they be looking at for their business? Well, their funding should be depending on what they're selling. You could go ask for sales in the street. If you have a food truck, food truck businesses, which is excellent. I like food truck businesses because, again, you're not locked into one location with a food truck. You're able 
to go to different concerts. You can go to different fairs, festivals. You know, you're not limited to one place. The number one thing is just seeing how you would generate income in sales. You know, you have platforms like Amazon. You could sell your products on Amazon. You can sell them on your website. So it's a lot of key parts. But again, the social media plays a lot into it. The marketing plays out how you're going to generate your money because people have to find your product. You know, you can have all these products, but who's going to buy them? You could go to events. You can hit up your family and friends. But again, how often can you go to your family and friends to where they're going to stop answering your calls and you're not going to? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) One of the things that I always tell my audience is that if you've given up on yourself, don't forget your kids. Tongue in cheek type of humor. A lot of times our kids have a talent. It could be from video games or could be there could be drop dead gorgeous or they could be a singer. And, I, and I've helped by in- introduction some kids who needed a break and they needed to meet someone who was perhaps an agent or would give them some honest advice on where to go for their musical career. You talk about being a business owner and helping entrepreneurs and singers and such. What have you told singers? Singers on what do you need to do in order to be that singer, whether it be hip hop, rapper, R and B. How do you get out in front of them, and how do you get that message out? Well, I had a friend, and she was starting out, and she she was like, you know, can you put my music on your radio station? The number one thing is that you have to have presence. You have to be on YouTube. You have to be consistent. Your brand has to be consistent. With artists, I see that that ask for their music to be submitted to our playlist. It's just not professional. Or when you go to do research, you don't find them. It's hard to locate them. And then also, you just have to make sure you have the right management team. You have to make sure that you're on, again, it's, it's very important. You have to be on iTunes. You have to be on Google Play. You have to be on Shopify. You have to be consistent across the board. Because when people start searching, just like with you, John, you were saying you were looking on online. And you saw my information, you know, about the business that I have. Again, that's where we go. We go to the Internet to find in more information. So when an artist is, is talking I'm t- and asking me questions, I'm like, listen, you have to be consistent. Your, your presentation, your pictures, you know, all that has to be precise. And and then also you have to know what you're trying to achieve. Are you trying to achieve a record deal? Do you want to stay an independent artist? What are you trying to accomplish? Are you just trying to accomplish clicks, you know, just downloads so that you can get paid from YouTube or, or iTunes or whatever? Or are your, your, your goal is trying to be, you know, you want to perform or you want to again, get a record deal, you know, you have to know what you're out to achieve. And and that's key when it comes to artists. So many times these artists are led down the wrong path. And I remember the one such as Billy Joel, who at the age of 18 signed away everything and he was playing for nothing. And then he and he lost all interest because he wasn't making any money. What are some of the a couple of the things that a an aspiring artist, a singer, uh, a model, whomever? What are some of the things they should avoid? I would say the key thing which you was just mentioning is contracts. I had a young man that was offered the contract, and he was saying that you know he was going to get a twenty thousand dollars advance. Advance. I'm like, that's nothing. Yeah, dude, do not sign that contract. But again, when you as an independent artist, when you get these contracts, it's okay. Go to uh, the free legal aid. You know what I'm saying? Have them for your contracts. Just don't sign it because you're like, look, 
you know, I'm going to be signed. Like you have to really, cause you're selling, you're selling your soul basically when you sign these contracts. Let's just be frank. Well, fear of loss is the greatest motivator. And somebody could say, you know what, Paris, I like your sound and everything. Sign this here and I'll put you on the bus and away we will go right now. But you got to sign it now. Otherwise, you won't be on stage. Well, then guess what? It's not meant for me because I should have the right to review it and have my legal experts go over my contract. Because, again, you can be you can sign a contract and it say, OK, guess what? You won't come out with an album in 10 years. It's like those are the bills that go on because there are like art record companies assign you because you might be competition for another artist that they're developing. That's so right. That's why it's key to read. And they'll just bury you. Right. And they'll yeah. bury you. Well, Paris, you are known for having this fully owned, independently black owned radio station that you bridge that gap between the cultural boundaries. To my audience, who are all small business owners, they have a business. If they want to reach out to that gap, we say there's a gap between the cultural boundaries, how do they get to you or how do they bridge that gap? They can look us up on our website, which is Diva Hustle radio.com and also you can check us out on our social media platform uh, instagram and facebook we're at diva hustle radio paris in the winter i can't thank you enough for being on this <laughs> on this show paris pendleton she's an entrepreneur she's an artist empowering women check us out at bizsoup.com and you can find not only the transcript but also the links to paris if you'd like more information on paris it's been a pleasure paris Thanks for being on this serving of Business Soup. Thanks for having me, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>